Welcome to another edition of the Engineering Leadership Podcast, where we bring together successful C-suite executives to explore their stories at the intersection of leadership and engineering. We believe leaders are built, not born. And by nailing the constants, we can build strong, engineering-focused leaders who are prepared for future success. Each interview was led by Doug Hawk, chemical engineer, business executive, and the creator of Engineering Leadership. I'm Ben Fanning. Let's get started. In this episode, I have Dan Davidinko, who is the CEO of Phoenix Lighting, which is an Atlanta-based company that designs and manufactures LED lighting fixtures for some of the world's harshest environments. Dan obtained his bachelor's degree in electrical engineering, and he chose goals as his topic. Here's the three-bullet summary. Every success in your life has been accomplished because of the goals you set along the way. SMART goals are specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-based, and in, in order to motivate people, you should put in place realistic goals that are achievable. Enjoy the episode. Welcome. I'm Doug Hawk, your host of Engineering Leadership. I want to thank everybody for joining us for another episode. Today, we're lucky enough to have Dan Davidenko joining us. He's CEO of Phoenix Lighting. Atlanta-based company that designs and manufactures LED lighting fixtures for some of the world's harshest environments. Dan's an electrical engineer from Clemson. He chose goals as our topic today. We'll, we'll range around leadership in general, but we'll zero in on that topic on a few of the questions and, and also talk about uh, not only Phoenix Lighting, but some of the other great companies that Dan's led over the years and, and what he's learned about leadership along the way and is, and is gracious enough to share with us today. So Dan, welcome. Thank you, Doug. It's great to be here. And, uh, you know, on this topic of goals, I guess I think about, you know, we all know goals are important individually. We know goals are important for our kids, for, you know, almost any setting. I think I think folks get that really simply, right, straight up. Um, but how is your, you know, goals for me as a leader, you know, it's evolved a lot. So maybe talk a little bit about like sort of how do you think about goals now as a as a CEO or a leader in your business community? Um more broadly in terms of for the company, for your teams, for your industry? I mean, how do we, how do we as leaders really weave that into to our approach to leadership? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. And it's, it's funny how uh, I think the thought of goals and how it's changed throughout the course of your, of your career. So, you know, when you get out of college, and you start thinking about goals or somebody talks to you about goals, it's, it is different. It is different because you're thinking at different levels. You know, now I'm at a level and, and yeah, I, I've got a company that I run with really great company, great people. And what I'm trying to do the most with goals are, are to motivate people and make them successful. You know, and, and I still, for me, have goals, but I'm thinking goals much more for the rest of the organization. You know, how do you drive behavior? How do you succeed in certain things. But that's why I like this topic, because there's so many things in business, so many things that I've done that you've done that um, you can wrap around goals. You know, the success has been because in one way, shape or form, you've set goals along the way. So, you know, it's definitely changes over time. And, uh, you know, your goals definitely change a lot from when you're a a graduating senior 
to somebody that's, you know, an executive with a company. So it, it migrates pretty well, but it's fun along the way. So, yeah. Well, and one of the things we, we you know, one of obviously our premise here, engineering leadership and sort of the framework we use is, you know, leaders are built, not born. And, sure. and to try and really drive home that mindset that, um, you know, we can all be great leaders if we're willing to put in the work. It's not easy. There is a burden of leadership that comes along with it. And certainly there's a commitment to, you know, at least for me, lifelong learning. I mean, I never figured, I never feel like I've got this fully figured out. You know, it's a, we're all working process in progress. But, you know, I think, you know, that's another way to think about goals, right? Is as an engineer, if I want to be a leader, you know, and in, in, we've had several, and Dominique Rangan really talked through this in our, in our episode with her about how deliberate she is about breaking down what she wants to accomplish from a leadership development standpoint, right? Like how do I become a better leader? How do I learn about these things? How do I break them down into the fundamentals and work on them? So I also think goals works in for us in that way too. in just terms of, like you said, continuous self-improvement while we're trying to set those goals for the broader team. Yeah, I agree. It absolutely does. I think, uh, yeah. And I, I think if you look back and one of the things that, you know, you learn and, and, and even folks in, in college nowadays, I think, are learning. But And it's something that's stuck with me that I think about even to this day. And people think there are, you know, um, some things in terms are overused, but SMART goals. Mm-hmm. You know, SMART goals. And, and I use them today, and I still use that acronym. And, you know, SMART, so, you know, specific, measurable, um, achievable or attainable, realistic, and time-based, you know. Yeah. And those, if you take that framework of SMART goals, and it really can fold into so many different parts of, of business, of management, of at whatever level you are, you know, it's, it's, so it's pretty neat. And we can talk a lot more about that as this conversation goes on. Yeah, I mean, I think, I do think those, I mean, we use SMART goals too in our, at every level. And I think yeah. it's, which I all think, I think it serves engineers well because we like to make things measurable and accountable and you know again it just it's the next level to take okay i'm going to break down and have some goals well now i'm going to break those down into you know like you said that uh i can get clear line of sight to them for sure myself and my team accountable in a way that's measurable right yeah absolutely yeah it's there's a big difference between dreams and goals right yeah yeah 100 (laughs) percent um so you know, a little bit about Clemson while we got you, like, yeah. you know, tell us a little bit about that story. How'd you get there? How'd you get into engineering? And then like, I'm, I'm, I want to talk about like, did you have a goal to be, you know, a CEO someday that was leadership part of that breakdown? Like, you know, part of what we're trying to do is to make this more deliberate for folks and make it more accessible. And we were talking earlier about, yeah. you know, we wish some folks had talked to us about it a little bit earlier, but yeah. uh, right. You know, Give us a little bit of that background. Yeah, no, it's a, it's another good question. I uh, the long story short is I was raised in Pittsburgh, so I was raised in Pittsburgh. Graduated high school in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, my friends, most of them would go to Pitt or Penn State or you know Ohio or whatever. I was actually enrolled to go to Miami of Ohio, and uh, was excited. I had dorms picked out. My family would go to Hilton Head Island for spring break from Pittsburgh because a lot of people from the Midwest would come down and go to Hilton Head for spring breaks. We'd been doing it for years and we did it my senior year. 
And we decided to go through and make a, a detour through uh, Clemson. And I had applied to a lot of Southern schools and I got into most of them, including like Georgia Tech and UNC. And, and I, I just at the time thought I want to hang with my friends and go where my friends go. And right. we drove through Clemson and my father was a, an executive uh, for an industrial gas company. And I think that kind of definitely helped form, and I'll, I'll talk about that in a second, kind of helped form what I wanted to do because, you you know, a lot of people watch their father and, you know, want to follow in dad's footsteps kind of thing. But my dad, we drove through and it was the family. And uh, to be honest, my father made a comment, something to the effect of, oh, my God, look at the ratio of cute blonde girls to males. <laughs> and, and uh Loved it. Loved the school. Loved the campus. They had great majors. I was looking at a lot of things at the time. I was looking at pre-med. I was looking at business and I was looking at engineering. Didn't know which way I was going to go. So um, applied, got in really late, um, stayed at an old nasty apartment my freshman year behind Tigertown that's, yep. since, that's since been demolished and nice ones have been put up. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of how it started. And I think I, you know, again, I followed my, my dad. I, he was um, an architectural engineer, so he was an engineer in college, and he actually didn't have anything to do much with architecture as he as he went on. But um, yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. And I didn't pick engineering until after my freshman year. I was in industrial management for the beginning, and then I ended up getting uh, two majors. So. Um, I spent five years there, so my I got a double E in industrial management. So I started industrial management, pivoted, and I ended up with both. So um, yeah, great school. Want to do everything I can to help help uh, kids who are there now, and uh, just love it. When you went through a, you know, you your your leadership path, I guess when I was reading up on your background was. It's a little similar to mine in the sense that, you know, we've both spent a lot of time in sales and marketing as well, which I think is, uh, you know, there's engineers who do that, but it's not typical, I wouldn't say. I mean, a lot of times when I was on teams, you know, I, it, wasn't, it wasn't unusual for me to be the only engineer around. Um, you know, was, was that, how'd you go down that path? And, you know, was it, was it goal-driven? Did you have an objective to, to sort of make that part of the path or was it more... Uh, spontaneous, I guess. Yeah, no, that's funny. And it's true. There, I, I think uh, engineering and sales don't necessarily jive 100%, right? Right. right. And uh, I, you know, when I was graduating, and there I was with a double E degree and um, talked to a bunch of different companies. And the more I looked at it, and again, I talked to my father, I talked to a couple of folks in the fraternity at Clemson. And as they graduated, watch what they did. But yeah, I wanted to get into sales. I wanted to get into technical sales. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and, and I did that, you know, I did that right out of school, but that was um, kind of a unique path, but I think it was a great path. I loved it. And, and so it kind of brings you up a different part of engineering. So I, you know, I, I wasn't the textbook engineer after college. Right. I was definitely, you know, I was a sales engineer for Square D Company. That's what my job was out of college. And uh, and part of it, you know, the sales thing, I have to be honest, was was goal related. And that was financially like I had I had friends that had gotten into sales that had done, you know, financially very well. And I had set a goal for myself at the time. Now, this I may age myself, but I had set a goal and I said, by the time I'm 30, 
I'm going to make $100,000. Like that's how much money I want to make. And, and okay, so I'm aging myself a little. Not that 100000 is not a lot of money because it is, but, right. uh, you know, that's seven or eight years out of college. Right. And I hit that number when I was 26. So, um, yeah, that was a goal, to be honest. That was absolutely a goal. I'd said to myself, boom, you know, okay, it's, a, it's an amount of money, but it could have been anything. It could have been anything. It could have been a title. It could have been a new company I wanted to work for. It could have been anything, but yeah. So, but have it in mind, make it deliberate. I mean, I, I, and that's what I loved about, I mean, I, I, I did a sales engineering as well with, with Exxon out of school and basically, and loved it because I got to, you know, I got to work in every kind of different environment from power plants to paper mills to yeah, manufacturing plants, to steel mills, to, you know, you name it. Um, and every day was a, as an engineer, curious about how to solve problems. It was, every day was a new adventure, right? You never, you never knew exactly what you were going to encounter and what people's challenges were, but you knew if you could solve it and, and deliver value that you'd obviously make a sale. And, and, you know, I love the goal oriented, you know, nature of it where you had a target, you knew what you were trying to get done. Um, and it was, Absolutely. it was pretty, you know, unequivocal whether you got it done or not. <laughs> yeah, no, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. And that's something that sales gets you into, like it or not, you're going to be goal oriented because you will have a goal and that goal will change every year. And it's a financial number. And uh, that's what you're driven to. So, you know, if, if I were to message, you know, uh, seniors, juniors in college and engineering, definitely take a look at sales opportunities, technical sales, especially in today's environment is, is more and more prevalent. And, um, more and more companies are looking for degreed engineers to take these sales roles. Yeah. Um, and it's, well, I think, I think what's happened is sales today is, and it probably always was this to some degree, but obviously it suffers from all those stereotypes, you know, that are perpetuated in movies and the like of, Oh, it's just a slick, you know, outgoing smooth salesperson. I'm like, right. Generally never that, and probably never was, but it's definitely not in today's terms where, you know, so much of, of what the world turns on is technology. And, you know, engineers are the lubricant in that process, right? That figures out, okay, well, we got all this tech and you got all these problems, you know, exactly. how, do you, how do you put it together to, to create something better and solve the problem and, and add value for folks, right? And it's, uh, it's not about how personally charming you are, or, you know, it's not about being slick and engaged, you know, all those sort of stereotypes I've found are completely meaningless. It's about folks coming in and you know, putting their hat on saying, okay, let's break this down, solve the problem. And if we can fix it, you know, something will probably get sold in the process if it works. Right. Yeah. That's a hundred percent. Right. And that's, you, you said exactly what I was going to say and that it is you, especially engineers that are technical salespeople are problem solvers. You know, they're coming in, you know, they're not selling cars or, you know, they're going in and, and typically trying to fix a problem. Um, and, and I, I, you know, I've done a lot of research on the psychology of sales and everything. And most people, you know, when you really dig into what people actually are buying, and this can be in any environment, but people typically are buying to fix a problem. Um, they're not buying for gratitude or anything like that. They're buying to right. fix a problem. And that could be in a, in, a, in, a, in a business environment. It could be at your home. It could be whatever. But you're typically buying things to fix some kind of problem. And uh, technical sales, that's what you do. You know, you're in there. You're a consultant, hopefully a content expert on, you know, the, the company or product that you're involved in. 
So, no, it's a great point. Um, so, in addition to being, you mentioned smart goals being measurable. Any leadership tips about, you know, how important it is to celebrate as a team, recognize the attainment of goals, and then, as you said, in sales and every other environment, business-wise, right? You're you're only as good as the last quarter and the next quarter, right? Is good. The bar is going to move, and you know, but but again, making sure that where's the right balance of, you know, accountability versus recognition and celebration, I guess, in terms of how you think about, like you said earlier, motivating the team and and helping them be successful. Yeah. And that's a, that's a good question. It kind of goes a couple different directions. The, you know, from putting goals out there, you know, goals, um, one, I see goals for like employees you put goals out there to help them monitor their performance, right? And then from a management standpoint, you're you're trying to put goals out there to meet deadlines or to meet some type of deadline. Um, but, you know, again, I, I along the way in, in, in business, but especially at a manager's level, you're, you're looking, finding ways, like you said, from a accountability standpoint, but at the end of the day, you want to be motivating people. So you're, you're putting hopefully realistic, attainable goals in place that they can achieve success, you know, and people like to be in many cases recognized, you know, there's different things that motivate people. There's a lot of different things, you know, so I've talked about money, but there's all kinds of things It could be, you know, it, it could be titles. It could be just being recognized, recognition. It could be having that company parking spot in the front for a month or whatever it may be, right? So there's different things, but you got to put goals out there to get there. So it's it's just, a, I, I, I found in so many different ways and, and, and different parts of business, putting goals, and you can call goals different things too. So, you know, goals are milestones. So it could be a project, you right. know, and if it's a very long project, you along the way are going to put milestones and, and checkpoints that you need to meet and whether and what means success at each one of those milestones. You hit a milestone, that's success. And, you know, again, part of the key thing with goals then is having a reward there tied with it of some, some way, shape or form. Now, on the other hand, there's also the stick, you know, especially in sales, we all know the stick, you know, if you don't, if you don't meet your goal, there's a couple sticks that can be there. And that stick could be, you know, one, you're not making a lot of money or two, you're not going to have a job very long. So, you know, so a lot of different ways to manage through it. Yeah. I guess there's a, how do you think about it then when you come in, um, you come into a new situation as an example and sort of how do you assess whether the team or the, or the group has, I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you find I guess, determine, okay, do these folks have the right goals? Do they have goals at all? Are they appropriate? You know, and how to, how should we kind of help engineers think about, you know, sort of assessing situations, you know, sort of before you come in and say, okay, well, here's your goals, really that importance of kind of taking that inventory, understanding, okay, how, how have these objectives and milestones and goals been incorporated into the culture or not? And, and sort of any pointers on, how you do that assessment and sort of, you know, find your way to sort of get that initial point of view and then, you know, lead the team towards effective, like you said, smart goals at the outcome. Yeah. So um, 
I, I you, you kind of kind of hinted along the way there, but the the first thing that I do is really to come in and, and survey the you know survey the playing field. You know, yeah. what does this thing look like? And and you know, in my last several roles, I've been in like leadership positions. So you come in, you're in a leadership role, and you want to kind of assess what did the prior regime do? How did they manage? Um, so I usually like to find out one how people were measured previously. You know, how, what kind of goals did they have previously? Did they have goals? You know, you know, for instance, the company I'm at, and I'm kind of whispering a little more because I'm at my office, but they're, uh, and I've been here for five months. Um, there weren't a lot of goals. This is, was a family owned company, uh, been, been around since like 1892. So it's a very old company wow. owned now by private equity, which brings a whole new a whole new management style to the, to the business. Right? right. And I've worked with private equity on several occasions now. And, and, but that was one thing that was missing was goals. Even on the sales side, there were not real goals set up, which is mind boggling. So um, survey the playing field. Um, you got to know the players and you got to, again, find out what motivates different people, what motivates different groups. Um, one, what is the end game you're looking for? So, you know, you've got to come up with that, whether it's at a company level, whether it's at a department level, whether it's in a, you know, a, a smaller group level, what's that vision you're looking for? What is your goal? Or what is your mission? Where are you trying to go? And then set goals realistically around that, you know, on, on, Hey, this is where we want to go as a company, as a division, as a department, whatever it may be that you're, managing or looking over or responsible for. You don't have to be a manager even to, to be thinking like this. It's just, what's my responsibility? And what does heaven look like? Where do I want to go? Right. And then you set goals kind of shaping around there to kind of step, step stone your, your, yourself to that. So, um, you know, like for instance, my company, I put in a, a program here. I found, I assessed the company and I found three areas that I found weak, Right. Um, one was, um, oh gosh, was growth. So again, not a whole lot of goals based around growth, sales growth. So growth was kind of slow. Accountability was really bad within the company and the company was been around for a while. People were kind of in their thing and, and, and speed it was very slow. Everybody's very slow to react. So we started a program called gas, you know, easy acronym, hit the gas. Right. Um, growth, accountability, and speed, but accountability is super, super important. And, and part of accountability is putting goals in place, you know, realistic goals. So this kind of all centers around that gas program that we do. Yeah. yeah. No, I think people find that, you know, without goals and clear objectives, you know, people just have trouble finding satisfaction as well. Right. So yeah. some of it's yeah. motivation, but some of it's, you know, and I find without clarity in those areas, you know, teams break down because they're, you know, they're, it, conflict and friction develops amongst the team. Somebody, you know, because you don't have that accountability. So it's, you know, I'm working hard over here. What are they doing? And, you know, just you just get that fundamental breakdown where people aren't rowing together because they can't see the you know, objective ahead of them clearly. And there's not a clear way to hold each other accountable. And while that may seem great, because you could just say, well, it's great. I can just coast through. What I've found is job satisfaction, personal satisfaction, development, and all that grinds to a halt and, and then gets worse from there, which is becomes, you know, there's a lot of negative, you know, outcomes that people just don't take care of each other very well. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
and just I, the go ahead. I had a I had a, a guy. Everybody's got mentors and things like that. So I had a mentor in one of one of my earlier companies and goals. When we talked about goals, the way he explained it very quickly, and it's something that stuck. It's an easy one to remember, but you can't hit a target you can't see. You know, and so if you're thinking about like if you're a target practice with a with a gun or in whatever environment you have a target of some kind, if you can't see it, you're not going to hit it. And 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 that's basically the you know you've got to put goals out there. If, you know, without a goal, you're you're not going to achieve something. You've got to have a goal. So if you can't see the target, you're never going to hit it. You know, yeah. so uh, that's a great way to put it. And I think you, you know can't hit a target you're never going to see. That you yeah. No, and I think the other, you know, the I think the other part of goals and, and celebrating them and such is also, you know, in this one of my favorite Dabo quotes, right? Is the fun is in the winning, and you know, to win you got to know where the goal is, right? Because did you yeah. win? Or not? Like I, I was coaching my son's little league team during COVID, and they had these COVID special COVID rules where we weren't going to keep score because we weren't sure you're going to have full innings, and there was all kinds of reasons why. But obviously that wasn't going to fly with the boys, right? They, they knew exactly how many folks had turned the bases and, and made it home, whether the scoreboard was turned on or not. So, you know, I just think, you know, if, if uh, but, you know, even at that age, the, the goals and the, and the, and you, like you said, making it visible and apparent, I mean, without it, teamwork becomes very, very difficult. I think. Yeah. And, and uh, what about, I guess, on this leadership journey from, you know, from engineer to, you know, electrical engineer starting out in sales and then ending up a CEO now of a couple companies. Um, any, any single big important leadership lesson you want to, you want to share with the audience that sort of felt like shaped you more than any other. I mean, there's always, I know we have dozens of them of yeah. plenty of mistakes made and lessons learned, but any, any big ones you want to share goal related or otherwise for that matter. Um. Gosh, there's a lot. <laughs> Probably too many to share on a call. But um, no, um, things I learned, I guess when I was at a company called Danfoss and I started at Danfoss as a regional manager, regional sales manager. So Danfoss made variable frequency drives. So these are motor controllers that vary the speed of an electrical motor. So every electrical engineer is going to know exactly what that is. And, and, and it was fun because I was using my degree, you know. Right. But um, again, this was with my mentor was my boss there. So he was my boss. And the other thing he said that the best advice, some of the best advice I got is go fast, go fast. Um, you are going to screw up along the way. Right. You are going to make mistakes. You're going to fall down. You're going to chip your teeth. You're, you know, it was the best advice I've gotten. And I give that advice all the time and I'll give it, continue to give that advice. It's, you know, and again, it depends on your environment, but in general, it's just go, 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 go fast. You will make mistakes. The best thing about making mistake, mistakes is learning not to make that same mistake again, you know, learn a lesson from a mistake, try not to make it a big, huge mistake, <laughs> right. um, but go. And, and, and I did that. And like I did that at, at, at uh, Danfoss. And I ended up as a VP of sales and marketing within like six years there at the company at a pretty young age. 
you know, I was like 30 years old and I was a VP of sales and marketing for a multi-billion dollar company. And uh, it, it, I, a lot of that I attribute to that that thought of just like, just go, just go, be confident. But I think that's really important advice for, enge- for engineers in particular, because one yeah. of the things that, you know, we're, we're trained to get the answer, first of all, we're trained to be data driven. Yep. You know, we want a lot of data before we get to the answer or, the, or we want the answer backed up with a lot of data. And I think part of leadership is dealing with ambiguity, uncertainty, and, you know, sometimes having just taking it on pure, pure faith at some point that, hey, if we're going to reach this goal and objective, at times during that journey, I'm going to have to get beyond the data. I'm going to have to get beyond things that I have hard answers for, and I'm just going to have to go, right? And if I don't, no, and, and that's, that's an important, key, to me, key role about leadership versus management, right? You know, managers can manage to the numbers, the metrics. Yeah, yeah. They'll hit the goals, but the, I think that sometimes the, the intangible differences are just like you said, having that willingness to go fast, make lots of mistakes, correct quickly, um, but nonetheless, charge the hill anyway. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's so right. And it, and, and it is. The other thing that I would say that's super important, and this is not necessarily goal related, but um, is just... Uh, in any company, in any group, in any division, in any whatever it may be, it's you know this. And then the most important thing you have in any any of those environments are the people. And 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 so the one thing I've tried to do since I managed one single person under me is try to make, try to help improve them as best I could. You know, trying to give them everything I possibly can, but really trying to help people do better, you know, trying to build out a person try to make them their best, try to find out what motivates them to be their best. Um, and then at the end of the day, do two things. You know, once you can get your people built up, I always tell people in any kind of leadership role or management role, there's two things that we got to do really well. One, you got to knock down every hurdle you possibly can to make, you know, that, that are keeping people from being successful in whatever they're doing. It could be in a project, it could be in a, in a, in a career, it could be in whatever. And then giving them as many tools as possible. So giving them as many tools as possible to succeed and knocking down as many of those barriers to succeed. And, and, and like I think you said, engineers, we are data-driven. We're, we want to overthink things sometimes. And, and in many cases, that's not the right answer. So, you know, be careful not to over-overthink things, you know, and go, go, go. So, yeah. Yeah, get enough information to you know, Make know where you're headed, but not yeah. not have to map out every step along the way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned uh, smart goals. Any 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 books, reading background that you've used, you know, goal related or others, just along your leadership journey that you want to share that folks could go dig into to to learn more about those things. Um. My favorite book that I've read over and over, I've read numerous <laughs> from good to great. Yeah. Um, such a good book. I recommend it to anybody. It's a great book. I, I wish I had that book when I graduated, right when I graduated. It is such a, and it's timeless, you know, but it talks about different companies that everyone will recognize 
and their success stories and the people within them and what their success stories were to go from being kind of a good company to being an absolutely great company. And yeah, I, I've read that book 10 times if I've read it once and it's easy reading and it's fun, you know, and I've got a list of books that I could probably rattle off. But if there's one that jumps off my head, it's that one. It's just such a good book. Good. Yeah. We'll certainly share that and the, and the smart goals. I know I've got a, I forget who the author is, but I'll dig it up and put it in the show notes for folks around smart goals. Cause we've actually, we actually handed out in our company training around that. So that's, that's another. Yeah. Just yeah. And it's, Hey, I like, I'll go back to that one more time. When you think about what those what that acronym is, and it is everything around it is so important, right? You know, and if you, if you are going to be goal setting and it doesn't matter if it's an individual if it's a manager doing it for a group of employees, whatever it is, if you set these things up and, and you are, you know, you're setting a specific goal that's measurable, that is attainable. You know, you want to make sure it's attainable or achievable because if right. it's not, it's unrealistic. Um, obviously, it needs to be kind of relevant. Relevant, different people had that are for different words. One, you know, some were uh, relevant, some were results oriented. You know, there's two ways to paint it or put that R in there. And then you got to put a time frame on it. You know, you got to have a goal with a time frame and don't make it really, really long. Make it something that's going to have you motivated, whether it's daily or weekly or whatever it is. But this is something you're going to get out of bed and you've got this goal. And it could be a personal goal. I'm going to lose 20 pounds. It can be, you know, it can be a work related goal. It can be a relationship related goal. There's so many ways to think about goals other than just business. Even. So what would you, and what would you, how would you coach folks on, you know, from a, so we got goals as their importance. What about along the way? What's your sense for, okay, I've got new information. The market's changed. The world's changed. The, you know, the under the underpinnings, are different than when we set this goal. What advice would you give in terms of understanding, okay, there's a difference between being goal-oriented and, and you know, securing those goals and making the objective, but also being willing to course correct, reset, realign. Um, you know, where's, in, from your perspective, where's that balance of, you know, dogged determination, but not at all costs, right? Like- No, right, right. Don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a good question. You know, you're setting goals up and again, it could be for anything, but let's just assume it's a business related goal. And yeah, the, the playing field changes, something changes, something changes in the environment that's going to affect your ability to achieve that goal. And like, I, I love the word pivot. So, you know, and, and that's something that as you grow, you know, from a business standpoint, that's part of that go, go, go thing, learn to go, but you may need to pivot as you go. You know, you may need to go a little bit in a different direction. You may need to modify your goal, you know, and realize that, you know, it is no longer falls under that attainable. You know, if it doesn't meet all of those you know, components of a smart goal, um, yeah, you need to pivot. You need to be able to consciously say that this is not no longer attainable. You know, um, we set, you know, in sales I've done for years, you know, Okay, guys, everybody in college that's going to get into sales, you're going to, we're letting the cat out of the bag now. <laughs> stretch goals are real. So a stretch goal is something 
you get a, a sales goal, a company has a sales goal, and they, in many cases, will give a sales force a higher goal in right. hopes that even if they don't achieve that exact goal, they will hit the company goal. But, but you have a goal like that in place, and even it's a, if it's a stretch goal or a regular goal, and something economically happens in your industry or COVID happens. COVID is. <laughs> yes, exactly. What do you think every company out there or 90% of the companies out there did last year when they're putting budgets together or talking about, you know, in July, things looked a lot different than they did in January. You know, in January and February, everything was going like this to the moon. And come July, a lot of these businesses, including the one that I, I, I just came to, took a, you know, a 30% hit. Right. Real substantial hit. So, yeah, you got to re, re, rethink things, change goals. And, you know, in some cases, those goals can change drastically to become more survival mode goals as opposed to, you know, reaching these high levels of, of achievement or overachievement. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, great. And I think, I think companies and we, you know, we certainly uh, pivoted quickly during COVID. And, and, you know, like you said, most companies plan their budgets and stuff in September, October, we, we vet them in November and put them in place. And then they you kick off the year and, yep. and their goals are, and hopefully by that point, you've clearly communicated your goals. Everybody knows what they are. Or they've been distributed. Everybody's talked about them. And frankly, we were just getting through all that cycle and getting into it. And then the, you know, the, the lights went out, right? So it was, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. no one expected to be in a global pandemic and have the economy shut down. So it was, uh, but I think during those periods of stress and disruption, um, you know, getting through the resetting process as quickly, like you said, go, 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 I think is really, it's just as important as it is when you're chasing growth and opportunity, equally important during times of, you know, distress, crisis, yeah. right? Because again, if that's when your team is most uncertain, it's when they most need that clarity and the new goal and the new objective and something to rally around. Or else they, you know, then they're really adrift because the framework they previously had, they know it's no longer attainable. It's no longer, yeah. it may not even be relevant, right, at that point. Um, and the time frame has certainly shifted, if, if not in, in perpetuity. Um, so that's one of the things we learned was just we had to set every, all that, you know, a year's worth of planning and budgeting and strategy aside immediately. And I think the companies we saw that have performed the best did that the quickest and yep. just dealt with the reckoning that was in front of them, owned it, set clear new goals and objectives for their teams. And then no matter how modest they might've been compared to the initial objectives, weren't afraid to celebrate them when they were achieved. Right. And, 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 right. you know, cause again, you know, it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a depressing, you know, year for many, both yeah. socially and family. And obviously we've, we've lost a lot of people during this pandemic time. And, and, uh, you know, it's, I think people need goals and objectives and need the celebration of that, of attaining them as much as they ever have. Yeah. And I think that that's a great point that, that the celebration of attaining them is really important. It really is, you know, making note of attainment, um, in one way, shape or form. And it could be, you know, again, it, it, there's a lot of different ways you can do that, but acknowledging achievements are big and it means a lot. And, and whether it's in good times or bad, like you said, and our company was in the same boat, my last company, you know, we acted really quickly. We made really, really hard decisions really fast, you know, and, and that's part of, 
you know, when you set goals, a lot of times when you set these goals, it may not be the most fun ride along the way, but you know, in some of these things we had, you know, we had goals that we said we are going to, you know, put it, we had a contingency plan kind of in place for bad news, but nothing like COVID. Right. And so we had to kind of pivot off that and just say, Hey, by, you know, I forget what the date was. I want to say it was April 30th. You know, we had to have a plan in place by April 30th that if things hit this, we had to execute on a plan. And again, that's a goal we set, but the things we had to do after April 30th and the week after April 30th weren't fun things to do because it involved a lot of employees. And, and you know, we try to take care of your, your employees as best you can. And sometimes tough decisions have to be made and it's, it's rough. It's really, really rough. But again, it's all part of it. It's, it was a goal. It's a goal we had to try to achieve. And, and again, achievement for that one wasn't fun, but um, it was a survivability thing. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's critical to the, to the success and, and protection of the employees that, that, that make it through it with you. And yep. I found that, you know, what people crave during those times as much as anything is, is some kind of certainty, right? Because there's so much else is, is, is adrift that yes. you, can create, you can create two or three things to focus on even if they are tough to do, you know, it, it, it does align folks, brings clarity during a period where not much else is clear. And, and, and you know, while it might be a very difficult situation, folks get through it a lot better if it's, if it's, if the goal is clearly articulated, everybody yeah. knows what has to be done. You know, the worst thing in those kind of situations is just ambiguity. Yes. Yes. And then there's going to be tough things to do and you don't even know if it was necessary. And did you get, did you do enough of it or not? You know, yeah, like, right. Right. And so you had all the bad and none of the good with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, good. I think, you know, I, I, you mentioned earlier, um, you know, helping folks develop and, and understanding their, motivations, understanding their uh, objectives personally and, and making sure it's personal. I think that's a really important point of this from a leadership standpoint, right? Is, you know, it's one thing to have goals for the company. It's one thing to have, you know, financial targets and objectives and all those things. But if we don't, as leaders, understand what are the real goals and objectives of each of those we're leading, you know, and, and it's really I think one of the things to make sure folks understand, particularly early engineers, is you know it's it's not about it's not always about the numbers, it's not always about the metrics. You know, if you're going to lead people, you really got to understand the people. And, yes, and, yes. And everybody's got different motivations and different goals of their own. And you know, the advice I would give, and I just building on your points earlier, especially earlier in your leadership, you might be leading one people, two people, a team of five. That's right. Right. Um, never too early to get committed to understanding the people side of that and what their, what their goals are. And then setting yourself to your own mission is, Hey, let me clear the clutter out of their way and help them get there. Yeah. Yeah. And just, oh, that's the, good. I've, I've, I've always tried to put, um, you know, a definition around goals, like what is goal setting? You know, and if you really think what it is, it's um, it's defining a target, an end game that creates value for a person, uh, a group or an organization. Right. So that's that's kind of how I think about it. 
you're you're putting a target up that's going to create value, whether and it could be for you individually, it could be for your team, or it could be for an entire organization. And that's what goal setting is to me, you know. Um, and that's kind of how I've thought about it for so so long. Like, are you creating a target that's going to create value of some kind? And again, you can think about it in every way. It doesn't have to be just business. It's goals and anything. You know, are you creating value? You know, you create a goal to lose 20 pounds. The value in that is you're going to be healthier, you know, um, whatever the goal is, you know, and that's my individual thing, or I'm creating a target that's going to create value for the entire company. Um, and that's by putting together this gas campaign, you know, and we, right. so you, you get it, you know, but that's just create targets or define targets that create value for a person, a team, or a group, or an organization, you know? Yeah. And really making sure all three are serviced with, in pursuit of those goals, right? Like, I need, if, to, I need to actually write that down. The company and not for, if the people can't see what's in it for me, right? Like, right, right. They don't line up and charge the hill. I need to write that down because I could probably write a book about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, we, we really appreciate your time today. And, um, your commitment to giving back and, and, and helping those along this journey. Uh, like I said earlier, I think all of us are, those of us that are trying to get better every day and, and being the best leaders we can recognize that, you know, it's never done and, and we're all on that journey along the way, but it certainly helps early on to have, have a bit of advice and we appreciate for sharing yours today and, and taking the time to spend with us. Well, I enjoyed it. I think you're doing a great thing here. I, uh, I, I love every part of it. And I'm, you know, I look forward to hopefully getting up to Clemson and being able to do more things like this with, you know, with engineers uh, live in person. You know, we're post-COVID and it's fun. And I know when I was a student, we didn't have much of this, but we did once in a while and I got a ton out of it. And I, you know, I'd love to be able to do that, you know, and hopefully one of the classes my son will be in. <laughs> and I'll have somebody snickering in the back of the room. But other than that, everyone else will get value out of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Dan. Appreciate it. Thank Thanks, you, man. Doug. Go Tigers. Appreciate it. Engineering Leadership is a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping engineers enhance their leadership skills. You can download resources to accelerate your leadership skills by going to www.engineering-leadership.com.